1: Welcome to Spark My Muse, everyone. This is Lisa Colondi-Lay, and you are listening to Soul School Lesson 289, Personhood Means Relationship. I'm continuing to speak about Reverend Callisto Ware bishop in the eastern orthodox church who passed away in august 2022. i was interested in reading one of his pieces which was published in the wheel journal it really gave me something to think about in terms of what personhood is and relationship is i I enjoyed his insights and i wanted to bring them to you this is especially true because i want to make sure that i'm integrating some Eastern Christian Orthodox thought into some of the things I'm presenting. I don't think you'll find them all that different or all that unusual in any, in any significant ways, but certainly I think you will find them insightful. Bishop Ware writes, the heart of another is a dark forest, writes Ivan Turgenev, in A Month in the Country. This is true indeed, not only of the heart of another, but equally of my own heart. That too is a dark forest. In the words of the psalmist, the heart is deep. Psalm 64, 6. There are profundities within each one of us, which we have yet to plumb. Personhood cannot be exactly defined. We can provide an ostensive definition pointing to what is meant and indicated by, being a person, unquote, but we cannot offer a systematic and exhaustive description. We do not fully understand what are the limits of our human nature, what are the possibilities as yet latent within it. It has been rightly said, quote, the mystery of the fact of being a person cannot be reduced to the facts of the appropriate sciences, That's from David Jerkin's The Glory of Man. This truth, that as human beings we are a mystery to ourselves, is clearly emphasized by a number of the authors in the present collection. The Greek fathers frequently quote the inscription in the Delphic Oracle, know yourself. The greatest of all lessons, so it seems, affirms Clement of Alexandria, is to know oneself, for if someone knows himself, he will know God, and if he knows God, he will become like God. This is from Clement of Alexandria, the pedagogue in Fathers of the Second Century. But the fathers would have been quick to add that to know oneself is not an easy task. Who am I? What am I? The answer is by no means obvious. My personhood stretches out of time into eternity, out of space into infinity. We need to be both subtle and humble in our approach to this human mystery standing before it in awe and fully prepared for surprises. If this is true of our human personhood in general, it is true more particularly of the complex questions that arise concerning gender and sexual identity, including the subject of homosexuality. As John barr insists, what is it to be human and how our existence as sexed and sexual beings relates to our common humanity? Is, quote, perhaps the defining question of our era, unquote. In the past, Orthodox have usually been reluctant to discuss such matters, but the questions cannot now be avoided. Silence is not an answer. In this exploration of the meaning of our personhood, there are three points which we do well to keep in view, and all three are rightly considered in the present volume. The first is anthropology, our theology of personhood is integrally linked to Christology. We are to view all things in the light of Christ. Our understanding of what it is to be human is disclosed above all through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. As perfect God and perfect man, he not only reveals the divine realm to us, but he is also the mirror in which we see reflected our own human face. He is our archetype and paradigm. As is said in a homily attributed to St. Basil, to St. Basil of Caesarea the birth of Christ was also the birthday of the whole human race. Until the Son of God had become incarnate, the dimensions of our personhood had not yet been made manifest. Christ is the first genuine human being. In the words of St. Nicholas Cabasilas, quoted by John Baer, quote, It was not the old Adam who was the model of the new, but the new Adam for the old. The Savior first and alone showed the true human being, unquote. In the second place, we are to view our human personhood not in static but in dynamic terms. Humanness is not just a, quote, given, unquote, a fixed and accomplished act, but it is a project and as yet uncompleted task. We are to say not, I am human, but I have yet to become human. St. John assures us, Beloved, we are God's children now. It does not yet appear what we shall be, 1 John 3:2. 2. Marcel uses, in this context, the phrase, homo viator. We are not inert and immobile, but travelers on a lifelong journey. The third le motif is in this volume is relationship. It is only through our relationship with other persons that we ourselves become fully personal. The early Christians used to say, "Unus christianus, nulas christianus, one Christian. Isolated from other Christians, excluded from the community of the church, is no Christian at all. Yet we can extend the aphorism, una persona, nulla persona, one person subsisting alone, lacking any bond of fellowship with others, is not a real person. Personhood is social or it is nothing. Even the hermit is united to others through the invisible interchange of prayer. As Christos Janaris maintains in this volume, it is only through transcendent love that we can transform biological necessity into freedom of relationship. It is not without reason that the Greek word for person— prosopon, means literally face or countenance. I can only become an authentic person if I face others, looking into their eyes and letting them look into mine. That's all I'm going to read from this portion today. It was a foreword by Colostus Ware, who died in 2022. He was writing a foreword to a book, what he says about personhood is that it happens through relationship. We are not really persons, we are not really humans, without the countenance of others and without others seeing our countenance. Also, the opposite is true. It's a way to take our personhood and our humanity away, is to remove relationships from us. And this will happen in manipulated, overbearing leadership or uh, relational situations. For instance, A most prominent feature of a cult leader or cult organization is the disallowing of one to be associated and having relationships and visits from their family or their friends. All those things get cut off from anyone outside the group. This is a hallmark of abusive relationships, too. Whether a spouse is cutting off you from your friends or a parent is cutting you off from any outside friendships or relationships, all those point to an attempt to dehumanize, deperson someone. Perhaps the most gruesome example is solitary confinement. This is meant as the worst punishment you can do to a person who's already being punished. The decision to punish someone in prison additionally is to segregate them from the rest of the community, and this can be done for weeks or months at a time. It is one of the more mentally destabilizing things you can do to a person, and it usually creates issues of trauma that go untreated and uncared for. So removing a person from the countenance and faces of other people will dehumanize them and it is an effort to do that. Therefore, we must remember that to be fully human, to be fully persons and have our personhood relies on our being in presence with other people. I think that might have been what was so hard sometimes about the COVID pandemic. I think in some ways we're still in a recovery mode from that. Some of us were cut off for very long time from actual human contact beyond digital contact. Some people who are elderly were completely cut off from their family and friends and from the outside world. And I think the scars and the wounds from those times linger in our hearts. It might be more uncomfortable to be with people when you're out of practice with it. But to regain your humanity, you must be able to see someone's eyes and them to see yours, be able to perceive their heart and then perceive yours. I'm interested to hear what you think about on the topic and I hope you might get in touch with me about it and give me your thoughts. That will be possible on the companion page for this episode. You can search Spark My Muse Substack for that or you can go to sparkmymuse.com and click on the companion page for this specific episode SSL 289. I really love the interaction. I learn from you when you give your feedback and thoughts. So thank you for listening today. There will be more to come. Blessing and peace to you you <music>